Hello to everyone listening and welcome to Meditation with Mika. In this episode, I am sharing with you a recording of a presentation I recently did at a university society social sciences support group at a university based in Brussels, Belgium. In the presentation, I talk a little bit about how I began meditating, why I began, as well as sharing some information on the science of meditation and how meditation affects your body and your brain. I also talk a little bit about the direction I hope meditation to be going in. And in the last half an hour, there is a Q&A section in which members of the society asked me some questions and we shared our experiences in general of, of what it's like to meditate and our lives. So I hope you enjoy the episode and sending lots of love your way. So in this presentation, I'm going to speak um, about how and why to meditate and as well as talking about my own experiences of getting into meditation and what it's done for me, I'm also going to speak a little bit about um, how meditation affects our bodies and um, where meditation is going or where I believe it to be going. And um, before I begin, I thought I might introduce myself a little bit. So I'm a university student at the University of Manchester, currently studying social anthropology and um, yeah, and over lockdown is really when my um, my meditation in terms of publicizing my meditation took off. Um, it started with me doing online exercise videos. And then I thought, why don't I do a meditation following the exercise to sort of calm down the space, bring down the energy and um, sort of I've it's sort of taken off since um, since lockdown. And I have it's like when you find the thing that drives you and is right for you, it feels so easy to go with that. And so it's this is how this has felt with doing the meditation practice and sharing it with people and creating um, a channel and a kind of image. It's felt so effortless. And I feel like um, it feels like the Tao for me. If if people haven't heard of it, the Taoist um, philosophy is all about um flow and finding the flow and effortless ease and it definitely feels like coming into meditation practice and sharing it with people is my version of allowing the flow to kind of guide and direct my life so so yeah so I hope you enjoy this presentation and let's let's get started so first why I began meditating so throughout my childhood I had a lot of trouble sleeping um I had insomnia and people a lot of people wouldn't necessarily say they have insomnia but insomnia is pretty much if you have trouble staying asleep through the night or trouble getting to sleep repeatedly that is classified as insomnia and I think a lot of people don't necessarily like to diagnose themselves with having something that um sounds kind of clinical but I think it can be helpful in actually navigating how to help things that maybe hinder us in life and as a child I found it very difficult to get to sleep and um, I would cry a lot and also I had episodes of sleep paralysis throughout my life as well and was just I just didn't enjoy sleeping um, and when I was 14 after many many years of kind of lying in my bed for hours on end anxious thinking about everything that happened throughout the day I just thought I need to find a way to actually fall asleep because I'm sick of it. I don't want to be in my bed and feel restless and feel stressed. Um, and I heard about meditation and began meditating because of that. And the first meditation I ever did was a candle meditation. And I just stared into a candle and allowed tears to kind of pour from my eyes because I wouldn't close them, just staring into this candle. And the room actually began to feel like it was breathing. It was a really... Uh, sort of somatic experience and um, very interesting and from then on I kind of was on and off with my meditation practice but um, this is pretty much why I began and it was out of my own curiosity as well and it was strange when I began um, I almost felt I felt very strange doing it I, I felt a little bit like it was something illicit because you know I'd seen people kind of sitting in a meditative position and I just thought this isn't normal this isn't what normal teenagers do I'm a bit weird um but um it's got me to where I am now and yeah I mean I'll go into how it's affected me in general um as we go through the presentation but in general wow I wouldn't take it back for the world so that is why I began now what is meditation I think that um, it's funny because when I was around 14, 15, I was listening to a um, a scientist called Sam Harris, who's a really, really good speaker, really captivating and very, very knowledgeable. I was speaking to him, I was listening to him talk about meditation and he was saying that he believes that in five, 10 years time from now, meditation is going to be prescribed to the public in the same way exercises. And what I'm finding amongst the kind of medical 
academic space or um, medics that are um, also kind of polemics. Like if you've ever heard of Rangan Chatterjee, he's an amazing doctor who is really bridging together knowledge of ancient medicine and Western medicine and sort of putting them on par with each other and saying they're equally as important and we need to value both in order to move forward and really affect uh, positive healing and positive change in healthcare in in the world and um and yeah so he um he speaks about meditation and he has people on and he talks about you know prescribing meditation as a way of feeling good and a, a way of affecting your body so what is meditation i'll come back to that point what is meditation it is now something that is being spoken about a lot and i think that a lot of the time when something like this starts getting spoken about which is quite an esoteric thing to begin with it can be difficult to pinpoint what it is and i've got this lovely image of a woman here meditating on a lotus with um her third eye open and for some people this is what meditation is for other people it's being active it's um talking to someone and kind of really getting involved in what they're saying and just feeling like you're almost in a tunnel of conversation with that person but here i'm gonna i'm gonna read a um a quote from the Bhagavad Gita, which is uh, an ancient Hindu scripture, which also translates the words, the song of God or the songs of God. Um, and so it says here, when meditation is mastered, the mind is unwavering like the flame of a lamp in a windless place. In the still mind, in the depths of meditation, the self reveals itself. Beholding the self by means of the self, an aspirant knows the joy and peace of complete fulfillment. So in the Bhagavad Gita, meditation is all about making your mind single pointed and focusing on on one tiny point in order to still yourself and to move into calmness and to kind of detach from the mind that's always jumping around. The monkey mind is what people call it. Um, and um, that's one form of meditation. Um, but the two meditations that we have down here, the Buddhist thoughts, Samatha meditation is to do with that single pointed one um, one minded uh, meditation where you lose all thoughts and you are just in stillness but vipassana meditation which i think is makes meditation more accessible for people who are trying to get involved is actually allowing the thoughts to come through and watching them because what can be really daunting when people begin meditation is saying well i don't want to stop thinking and i'm afraid of stopping thinking and why should i stop thinking and what i like to address when i do meditation is that meditation should it should be as varied as individuals are and I, I'd like to in the future help people to create practices that indiv are individualized because I do believe that meditation can be as individual as humans are. And with Vipassana, looking at your thoughts and allowing the content to drift by and you know, eventually being able to just become the awareness of the thoughts, it's so beneficial in many different facets of our life, um, which you can feel when you do a meditation practice. And, um, and as I said, it can be daunting thinking, you know, I just want to switch my mind off, but there are so many other ways to meditate. Like a lot of the meditation I do is creative visualization. So I go to calm places, like by a beach or in nature or with a friend. And um, and that to me is meditating because I've taken myself away from the monkey mind that's telling me to do this and do that and go here and be there. And instead to just come into a space where I am allowed to be still. And I say that to myself, I go, I deserve to rest because I think another thing that hinders us from doing meditation is, um, not feeling like we deserve to slow down because we don't live in a society that values rest um but meditation you know it leads to more fulfilling and more successful doing um so yeah so what is meditation that might have been a bit of an unclear way of saying it but it's because there are so many ways of describing it now how meditation changes your brain and body so the first point I put is stress reduction, which you can feel when you do meditation for a long time. Like I would definitely say throughout my teenage years and childhood, I was a very anxious person. And I could safely say I can experience anxiety now, but I don't I wouldn't label myself as an anxious person. And it's also proven that people who um, who do regular meditation have lower levels of cortisol in their body and cortisol is the stress hormone. So when you wake up in the morning and you feel the need to move, it's because your body has a rush of cortisol, which actually helps you get up and out of bed. But a nice thing about the morning practice, which I do, I do meditation in the morning, is slowing that down and going, yes, now I've got this this thrive and this want to do. Let me let me hone in on that and and come into stillness before you know running with the day. 
and I put here protects our bodies. So there was a study done um, on meditators against non-meditators, and both were infect, uh, infected, not infected, injected with the flu virus, and the non-meditators produced less antibodies than the meditators did. And this is all very new science, which needs more uh, research into and more, um, you know, we need to understand it better. So I don't actually know why it does that. And I don't think the scientists did themselves, but they saw that correlation. So that's quite interesting that stilling your mind can actually help your body to repair um, and changes the shape and structure of our brains. So there's a part of our brain called the amygdala. And when this part of our brain is associated with stress, with fear and with blood pressure, and it has been shown that for people who meditate over a long period of time, this part of our brain actually shrinks. And so the part of our brain which is receiving and um, transmitting fear and stress and regulating our blood pressure is actually decreasing. As well as that, the hippocampus, which is the part of our brain which regulates emotions, um, which is actually a part of our brain that is um, people who experience PTSD and depression have a deficit in this in this space. So if you experience these these types of illnesses, you might feel like you have more mood swings or you feel less stable in yourself in general. And um, when you meditate, this part of our brain actually grows. And so um, as well as, you know, this general feeling of going to relax day, our brain is actually changing its structure in order to actually accommodate for a better state of being in our minds. As well as that, there's also more communication across the two hemispheres and across the front and back of our brains when we meditate, which also leads to better problem solving. And when our brain's communicating with itself, it's just generally going to lead to a better um, a better way of kind of connecting with what we want to think about and how we want to like bring our ideas to the fore. Um, and as well as this, um, there were also so we have different brain waves that we're in depending on what state of of consciousness we're in. So if we're waking, if we're in the waking state, most of the time we're in the beta um, weight brain state, which is problem solving, thinking, doing. And alpha is um, also another state we can be in, but it tends to be when we're feeling more relaxed in our conscious day. And um, monks were actually put under uh, a scanner to see what brain waves they were in for most of the time. And their brains tend to be in the alpha wave constantly, which shows that they are in more of a relaxed state over a longer period of time. Whereas people who don't meditate as much tend to be in the beta problem solving state and not in the alpha, which is associated with more positive emotions. So as well as a good feeling, it is literally changing our physiology, which is fascinating to me that we can just sit and still our minds and our bodies are repairing. Um, yeah, it's very, very interesting stuff. Can I so just add something? Sorry. Um, yes. Yeah, sorry. It's just about the um, immune response to the, to the flu jab. Mm -hmm. uh, cortisol, cortisol actually suppresses your immune system. Oh, uh, yes. So yeah. That's that's probably why um, yeah that's yeah. probably why non meditators have mm. less less antibodies. Yeah, I actually thought about that when I said it. I thought about the parasympathetic system compared to the sympathetic nervous system. And there's a really um, interesting doctor called Lisa Rankin who um, who speaks a lot about the mind body connection and talks about how when you relax, your body is producing the hormones like um, endorphins and oxytocin that actually help you to heal. So yeah, exactly. Thank you for, for picking up on that because um, that, that's a really good point. Um, so now I'm gonna show you guys a little video. Where is meditation going? This is a wonderful, wonderful example of where we could be throughout all schools in, um, in the world if we bring this stuff closer to the mainstream. So let me see if you guys can see this inside a bustling elementary school, but a growing number of students in Baltimore are learning to do just that. They start each day with deep breathing. Tony DeCopo is at Baltimore's Robert Coleman Elementary School, where misbehaving children are sent to the meditation room instead of the principal's office. That's a new approach. Tony, good morning. Good morning. Every day here at Robert Coleman Elementary School begins with what the school calls a mindful moment. It's a 15 minute blend of yoga and meditation. And you can actually see some of it going on behind me right now in this first grade classroom. Don't worry, they can tune me out. You might not expect this kind of thing in West Baltimore, but it's actually the vision of two brothers from right here in the neighborhood. It's the morning rush at Robert Coleman Elementary School. 
But after the buses arrive and the kids pour in, the usual classroom chatter comes to a complete stop. Filling your belly like a balloon. Twice a day, more than 300 students take part in a program called Mindful Moments. They learn to breathe, exhale, bring your arms back down nice and slowly, stretch, and block out distractions. And you've seen a difference. A huge difference. Carla Lillian Thompson is the school principal. They actually taught the students how to redirect that negative energy into something positive. So have you seen suspensions go down? Uh, we've had zero suspensions. Hold on to that breath. When students fight or misbehave at Coleman, they aren't sent to the principal's office. Instead, they come here to the Mindful Me Room, where they're taught to resolve conflicts peacefully. And teach others what they've learned. All right, how do I do it? Sierra, how does it make you feel? I was breathing all the things that have been happening. I passed that on, all the problems, and I passed that on and worry about what's going, what be, what's more important. The program is the vision of Ali and Ottman Smith, who grew up nearby in one of Baltimore's most volatile neighborhoods. There's violence going on in the neighborhood, there's drug abuse in the neighborhood, so it's just, there's all these things just getting dumped on these kids, and they need a way to kind of, to deal with it. Many of the children witnessed the riots that erupted in their city in 2015. The brothers' mission, they say, is now also a matter of personal activism. We're teaching kids at a young age to try to really make a change in our community as far as how conflicts are resolved. Because if they worry about the past, it brings about anger. Or if they worry about the future, it causes anxiety. And these techniques kind of make you focus on the present, which that's all there ever really is. Now, but of course, the brothers do have a vision for their own uh, future. Right now, they are in 14 public schools here in Baltimore, reaching about 4,000 kids per week. But it's working so well, they want to go to other cities and other students as soon as possible. Nora. Tony, thank you. I absolutely love this too, story. Uh, you know, too. I hope other schools are watching it. It's great that they're getting them at such a young age. No, the Smith brothers make a good point about trying to resolve conflict. Yes. And as many teachers will tell you, sometimes they can't teach because of other issues that kids are facing. Should they start meditating in Washington, do you think? I know, I agree. <laughs> Pass a law. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there we go. Okay, I'm going to stop the share and get back to the presentation. Oh. There we go. Yeah, so that is a that's a lovely little video. It makes me so hopeful for the future. Um and advice I have for starting your own meditation practice. So um First of all, finding a time that works best for you. So I, the way I do my meditation is I usually do it in the morning and it gets to a point where you do it so many times at the same time that works for you and it becomes like a routine. It's like brushing your teeth. And I think that if you'd like to start a practice, the main thing is, is knowing that knowing yourself and knowing when you would actually sit down to have that time. Because if we decide, okay, I'm going to do it at this point um, because I've heard that's good, then it, it's likely it won't necessarily um, it won't necessarily translate to a practice that goes on for a long time because everyone, as I said, has a different way of relating to meditation and finding a calm space. Um, so so yeah, definitely finding out when works best for you is a really important part of it. And second, accepting the thoughts will come up. Accepting that when you sit down to meditate, it's unlikely that your mind will go blank for very long spaces of time, but What's important is finding those moments of peace in the monkey mind and then slowly coming back into the awareness at every point that you are watching the thoughts going by as opposed to being the thoughts themselves. And, you know, every day, if you repeat every day to yourself, at least once a day, I am the awareness of my thoughts and not my thoughts. I'm the awareness of my body. I'm not my body. Eventually, those truths begin to kind of make their way into your um, into your subconscious. And actually, I read a really interesting book called. Um, by Deepak Chopra called um, Mind Body Medicine. And um, he did uh, an experiment where he was actually able to see how a body, how chemicals in our bodies are affected by a thought. And um, neuropeptides are the chemicals that are involved in thinking. And funnily enough, all of our organs 
produce neuropeptides and they are the chemical transmitters of thoughts. And what he found was that when we have a thought, every single part of our body is affected because neuropeptides pretty much are excreted into everywhere. And so if we're having a daily thought of, you know, telling yourself, I am patient with myself, I'm the awareness of my thoughts, even though we feel like those things aren't important, actually every single part of our body is being affected by those words. And so I do believe that over practice and with repetition, we begin to embody those truths. And um, yeah, it's quite an interesting, an interesting book. I definitely recommend it. Um, third point, be patient with yourself and be grateful for starting the process. So whenever I start meditations, I always say, um, just showing up to the meditation is so much already because it's you saying to yourself, I deserve to be still, I deserve to work on myself. And, um, I know that I deserve to be happy, you know, because a lot of people actually don't do the work and don't start the process because, they don't feel like they have time to stop rushing and perhaps somewhere inside of them it's the case that they don't feel they deserve to stop you know one of my mantras is really I deserve to rest and being patient with yourself as you start practice is important because you know everyone wants to get to that point where I'm enlightened I've reached my higher self I'm calm now everything's so good and um, I don't need to worry about life anymore and I think that we are on earth to heal and so being patient with the process and with ourselves is so important because it is where where we have the consistency and the repetition through that patience that we begin to see the positive effects seep out into every part of our life and I really will say from experience that it definitely does affect everything because our state of mind is where it all begins and it doesn't matter what's going on around us it is our perception of what is happening which affects how we then navigate through the world and then finally is trust the process. Like if you sit there and you go, wow, I'm still stressed. My life is still, you know, it's a lot for me. And I don't know if this is going to work. Really having faith and trusting that this is something that will do you good. And also just not being hard on yourself if you can't do a daily practice and it's, you know, it's on and off. And just trusting that those moments where you sat down to be with yourself was doing something is enough and you are always enough and what you're doing is always enough. I think that's a really important part of starting any practice because it shouldn't be about meeting, you know, specific goals and filling any egoic tendencies which lead us into conflict with ourselves. It's just going, I'm setting aside a time for myself because I deserve peace and I am doing the best that I can always. And um, yeah, now um, now let's do some meditation. Lovely. So if you're not already sitting in a comfortable spot, I'd like you to find a comfortable spot. And we'll begin to check in with our breath, breathing in deeply, breathing air through our nose. Exhale, release all tensity from our bodies now. Inhale, inhaling light into every cell of our bodies. Exhale, release all tension. And I'd like you to face your palms up to receive energy or face them down for grounding. And we'll begin with scanning our bodies for any tension. Beginning with our feet. Breathing air into our feet and allowing our feet to soften. Bringing our attention up our feet, up our, up our legs, into our knees. As we breathe in and out, releasing all tension, like smoke evaporating from our body, allowing us to move into stillness. Bring your awareness up your thighs, into your sit bones. Connecting with peace, connecting with stillness. Bring our awareness to our abdominal, our stomach, and exhale, allowing our stomachs to expand, releasing all tension we may be holding in our stomachs, in our solar plexus. Slowly making our way up our spines. Imagine that each vertebrae begins to glow 
as our attention is slowly drawn up our spines and we begin to relax. Make your way down your right arm, your right hand, beginning to gently soften as we bring loving awareness into every part of our body. Make your way down your left arm, your left hand, allowing your shoulders to drop, bringing light into these spaces. Come into your jaw, feel your mouth softly drop open and soften as we release all tension in our jaws. Bring awareness into our nose, our nasal passage, gently softening. Coming into our eyes, feel the creases on our eyelids begin to melt down our face. Relaxing, softening. And then finally coming into our foreheads, allowing all tension to drop from our foreheads. Feeling our thoughts begin to drift away as peace cascades for our entire being. Breathing in, breathing in light from the universe around us, exhaling, softening. And becoming aware of the sensation of air as it enters our nose, feeling the coolness of the air as breath is brought into our nose and feeling the heat of the air as our body exhales. Feeling the gentle rise and fall of our chest, the gentle rise and fall of our stomachs. And come to a space in your body that you may feel holds more tension than other spots. Come into this space, inhabit this space. And as you become aware of this space, imagine a ball of glowing golden energy begins to spin and play in this spot. And as you breathe, feel this glowing ball begin to grow until it encompasses your entire body, your entire physical body. As your heart beats, this golden glowing energy from the ball is pumping around your body, bringing light, bringing ease to any space that may be holding tension healing all wounds, physical, mental, emotional, and energetic. Breathe in, breathing in peace. Exhale, accepting, and releasing all stress, all negativity. And with this glowing ball that we had from the beginning, imagine that it's beginning to shrink again and is now being held in your stomach space, in the space that's the powerhouse of our body, our digestive system. Imagine this glowing golden ball as a personal sun, a personal ball of healing. And feel the warmth in your digestive system, in your stomach, keeping you alive. And take a moment to be grateful for your body, for this experience. And being grateful for yourselves, for all that you do. For yourself and everyone around you. And know how grateful the world is to have you here. And begin to bring attention back to the space you're in. Become aware of the objects around you. 
Maybe slowly begin to move your hands, your feet, bringing gentle awareness back into your extremities, back into your body. slowly in your own time without any need to rush begin to softly open your eyes if they've been closed and return to the room Lovely, I hope that was enjoyable and everyone feels slightly more peaceful on this Sunday evening. And that is the end of my presentation. Thank you so much for joining. And if anyone has any questions, I'm going to stop the sharing now, if I can. Yeah. And if anyone has any questions, please feel free to ask me whatever you'd like to ask me. I just want to say, Phil, um, I can't speak now, <laughs> um, that I really enjoyed your presentation. It was really inspiring. I really liked how, um, yeah, just the information you shared. It was really insightful. And now I just want to meditate every day. Oh, thank you so much. That's so sweet. <laughs> um but one thing that I was actually thinking is like, because obviously you said you've been meditating since you were 14. Mm-hmm. So how has that for you like changed things? How how has it how are you able to deal with things differently from people around you that don't meditate? What is something that you notice in yourself that others don't really have because of, of your meditation? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't want it's, to, it's funny, I don't want to like compare myself in any way because I don't want to say, you know, I'm any better than anyone. But um, but I definitely can see with myself, if I compare myself to how I used to be, I have a lot more patience for um, for myself and for people around me. And when I feel an emotion coming up, I have the ability to stop and observe as opposed to get into the narrative of I am now experiencing this, this is what my state is and I'm stressed, I go, oh, stress has come through. Let me look at it, let me watch it. And then I watch it and all of a sudden, like, I feel, yeah, I can feel stress in my body, it's everywhere. And then it passes. And I definitely find that I'm, I also find I was always very jumpy and much more paranoid and much more fearful as a person. I really don't have those properties. I find, if anything, I'm a bit like a sloth when it comes to reactions. Things drop around me and I kind of look and notice and then I'm like, oh, yeah, I should probably do something about that. But um, definitely, yeah, much more, much more slowness. And I really do feel like because, um, I mean, it doesn't mean I, st- I still have tendencies to speed up and to rush. But um, but I do find myself definitely thinking things will happen at the right time and I do not need to rush. Um, yeah. And there's also just a generally a sense of I feel a lot more compassion for when people are stressed because I think that when people are stressed it can make other people feel annoyed or it definitely has made me feel annoyed in the past I get annoyed when someone's stressed because it makes me feel stressed but because I can come back into my own feeling of peace and go and breathe and go okay that person's going through something I definitely feel like I've developed more compassion for for what people are going through Mm. yeah interesting um I had a question um, so since you've been meditating for such a long time and obviously you've grown as a person so do you feel like how you meditate has changed like you know have you added more tools or like I don't know yeah definitely 100% that's a really interesting journey actually because 
when I first began meditating, I didn't actually know what I was doing. And so for years, I just did the demand. So I started actually listening to music. That's how I got into it, listening to sort of um, meditation music on YouTube, like Krishna flute music or whatever. Or I would do mantra chanting. So I would just literally, for an hour, I would sit and I would just go Om Namah Shivaya, Om Namah Shivaya, but in my head. And that helped me to just get to that point of single, single-minded, single-pointed um, awareness. And then over time, so two winters ago, I read a book called Creative Visualization, and that changed my meditation a lot because I began to visualize a lot um, as opposed to just being in stillness. And then actually very recently, I realized how much I've been missing stillness meditation because creative visualization is incredible, but it doesn't take you to a place where you feel very uh, calm. It can be very vivid and active. So it's really fluctuated a lot. And I would say that the techniques I use on a day-to-day basis are actually different. But what I think is the most beneficial and what has helped me the most is the stillness meditation where I'm actively trying to go into thoughtless awareness. But yeah, good question. Yeah, got some hands. How do I, how do I do that? Thank you for your question, Anya. I hope that was that answered it well. Yeah, that was a great answer. Thank you. Thank you. How do I answer people? How does that work? Um, it's me, Hell first. Okay. <laughs> so I've been meditating for, I've, I want to say, a year, year and a half, something like that. Mm-hmm. And I, I still find myself reacting to my thoughts while meditating. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, this, this, I suppose, concept of observing your thoughts is still kind of alien to me a mm-hmm. lot. Yeah. What can I, what can I kind of do? to, I suppose, experience and or allow myself to just observe my mm. thoughts instead of reacting to them. Yeah. Well, I guess it begins with the reactions that you have to the thoughts. So if they're like loving reactions and you go, okay, that's come up. Um, and you say, so if it's a thought that you don't necessarily like or it's something that, because um, I, I always I always think that there are different kind of voices. Like there's the parent voice, there's the critic voice. And um the ones that come up in meditation aren't always very nice, but if you go through the loving voice that goes, I'm having a thought, that's okay, and you let it pass, that can help. Another technique that I like to use is actually visualizing the thought. So I have a visualization technique where I imagine I'm in a boat on a river and my thoughts are inside leaves. And I'm meandering down the river and I see the thoughts as leaves and they're kind of passing and the river's moving forward. And in general, I actually think when you have a very active mind during meditation and you find it hard to be the observer, sometimes it's good to do visualization because it takes you into a space where actually you're working with the thought forms as opposed to going against them, you know, like allowing yourself to listen to your thoughts. So it's a convoluted answer, but I think in general, having a conversation with your thoughts and saying to that thought, I don't judge that you're there, maybe even going into why you're there, and then trying to come back into stillness, you know, so that you know. You, the thing, thing is, is when we go into our thoughts, when we're meditating, we get caught up in being the thought, and we forget that we're we're meditating. And sometimes it's fun to. Why? Why I used to do it? I would go into the thought and realize I was there, and then I would go. This thought has come up because of this. Now let me go back through the train to get to stillness, you know, because it's like you have to think, oh, I'm meditating. Oh, I'm going to tell this person I'm meditating. That person's going to have lunch with me. Well, I'm going to eat for lunch. I'm going to buy my lunch from Lidl because I'm going to food in my fridge. How much will I have bank account? And then it's like, I'm it's thinking, a change. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think what's been so helpful for me is actually trying to go back through the chain to get to the stillness again. And then you are aware, okay, I'm going to the chain of thoughts. And just generally practice. It's difficult because I can't remember the first time that I, I feel I felt like I was the awareness, but it was a very, I remember being a very intense experience. All of a sudden it was just really, I felt very, I felt this physical wave of vibration coming through me and I was like, something's coming through and I am aware of it, but I am not with my thoughts anymore. But definitely practicing the 100% is going to get there. Yeah, yeah, I have patience and meditation did actually, uh, did teach me patience a lot. Yeah. I'm surprised surprisingly like looking at myself from year to years ago. Yeah. Today I'm super patient as a person with everything. Yeah. Yes. And I would and I would recommend uh, the way I go about meditation is 
let's say if I'm doing something that I not really feel like doing it, doing the, the thing, mm. I just kind of also do that as a meditation, as in I just focus a lot. I, I put all of my intention into what, whatever that I'm doing. Yeah. Uh, and to that, to to just to, to cope, so to speak, with what I'm doing. But also if, for example, if I have not meditated that day, I can kind of... Um, uh, I can reimburse, so to say, yeah. while doing that. And also just, uh, I'll give the floor to Jackie. Uh, I recommend a book, I suppose you've read it before, The Power of Now. Yes, yeah. Yeah, I recommend that to everyone, if if you are starting with meditation. Mm. Yeah, it's a really good book. I read it when I was quite young. I think I'd actually quite like to read it with fresh eyes. So, mm-hmm. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm going to get out from wherever it is. Yeah. Jackie, the floor is yours. Um yeah, I, I think I've got like like I I feel like I'm naturally very good at meditation. Um I had a very active imagination when I was a kid. So I used to do visualizations all the time. Every night before I went to sleep, I would like dream about my like dream world when I was a kid. I think it was normal, but apparently it's not. <laughs> um, and it also helped me with my sleep and stuff because I also had problems sleeping when I was younger. Mm. Yeah. Um, and then um, I think because I'm an osteopath as well, we have to focus so much on how what we're feeling. So when it comes to the stillness meditation, when I started doing that, I'm really good at it. I can literally just blank my mind for like an hour. That's amazing. Yeah, it's actually weird. I don't meditate that often, but when I do, I'm really good at it. Yeah. And it's actually, I have all sorts of physical sensations throughout my body. Yeah. One thing that I'd say to email is like, I think the leaf thing, leaf thing is really important, but also like I always visualize clouds. Like every time I catch myself, I'm just like, oh, it's a cloud. It's another cloud. Like let it, and I physically try and let it go. Like you just let it go, and then your mind will pick on something else. But just always let it go. That's that's how I always think of it. And and struggling with it, really focus on your senses. Like what what are your hands feeling? What are your whatever um, no one question I had was I'm having like a recurrent dream yeah like it's really weird like and and so just wondering like can can meditation help you with with those kind of things that you're not really understanding do you have you found that you've been able to um unlock something Definitely, definitely, yeah. Because I think that when we meditate, we begin to connect to intuition and we begin to connect with the unseen as well. And I think that, you know, I was I was listening to a guy called um, Robert Simmons and he spoke about how his wife was saying that um, meditation and creative visualization is a very uh, good way of getting into non-ordinary states of reality. And the first time I ever received any messages for meditation was I'd heard, so in the book Creative Visualization, she speaks about asking parts of your body why they're feeling a certain way and then just see what message comes up and don't judge it. And the first one I got was I asked my nose, why are you doing this? Because I had a blocked nose for like six months and I asked why. And I got the message, give up. And I just thought, what? I don't like that message at all. No, 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 I'm watching it. And then for the rest of the day, I, was, I thought to myself, I have been nonstop for six months. I've been going out, I've been meeting people. I haven't had a break. And my nose was telling me, give up, have a rest. And you know, it really helped me to think, okay, my body is showing me that it's, it needs, I need rest, I need to stop. And, you know, we're getting, that was basically an, an insight, an intuition. And I don't know how I got the message, um, but I do believe that, you know, we have an ability to perceive a lot more than is actually, than meets the eye. And with recur- things like recurring dreams is our subconscious is telling us something. And I think we have the answers in ourselves because we are creating those images to be interpreted by us. And so in meditation, I think we can begin to ask those questions and see what comes up and ex- and just work with it as opposed to going, that doesn't make sense to me. Just see what comes up, ask during meditation, why body, why am I, why is that coming? And just see what comes through. 
And yeah, yeah, because I definitely think as well with intuition is it's like when we still our rational, logical mind, we're able to feel intuition much more strongly. And I think when we meditate, we, we, we switch off that rational mind and, you know, come into more stillness. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. <sighs> That's pretty interesting, though, recurring dreams. They are very interesting. Oh, my God, it's super weird. It's really <laughs> weird. Every time it's like, why am I dreaming this again? Like, <laughs> and um, I, I've had this throughout my life, actually. Like, I have messages and dreams. And, like, not not always, but I've had, like, when, when I'm going through something significant, and then when I've figured it out, they go away. And then, yeah, it's weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that the answers will come soon then. Yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> cool. Any more questions, guys? Um, Mika, you have oh, there we go. Another question. Sophia, go for it. Hi. Uh, um, I, I really liked your presentation, uh, Mika, and uh, I got super interested in the visualization meditation, so I was wondering, so I've never really meditated, um, so I was wondering if I could start with that one, where, like, how would you recommend to, to start, I don't know. Um, well, a lot of meditations you can find on YouTube and actually a lot of the meditations that I've done are visualization meditations. So um, I will describe different scenes and um, kind of as I'm journeying there in my own head, I'm inviting people through the meditation to go there with me. And so I think a good way of doing that is just getting onto YouTube and um, you will find for the most part, unless you're looking at mindfulness meditation, for the most part, meditations that are offered will be visualizations. But another another thing is that this book and you know what, what I'm going to do is I'm going to send over a list of resources based on what I've said today and things I generally think would be good if you want to get into meditation, books and videos that I'll send to Jackie that she can send to you guys. But this book, Creative Visualization, was a really, really, really helpful book for understanding how to do it, giving different ways of like different visualization techniques and also just knowing what she teaches about what you can gain from visualization. So um, I will send that over to Jackie and I would highly recommend reading Creative Visualization by Shakti Gawain. Thank you. We have some, Tanya asked, can you share any good YouTube fit channels as well? Yes, definitely, definitely. I've oh, got one of my favourites. But you've also got a YouTube channel, so yeah. we'll definitely share that as well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. For now, I've, I've got just, I've had videos that I've done live and I put them on YouTube. Um, and I also have a Spotify with a few audios as well. But um, yeah, I, I have some favourite people. I Yeah, there was a point where I was really, because I, I used to not listen to any guided meditation. For a long time, I just did it on my own. And then I thought, you know, I kind of want to be held in, in the space where someone is just guiding me because it's really nice to have that and to sit back and really allow your body to relax. And um, so, yeah, I'll definitely send that I'll, in the resources. I'll put that in there 100 percent. So what do you think is more powerful? Do you think guided meditation or do you think actually you doing it is <laughs> meditation uh, more powerful? Sorry. Yeah, I think that. Um, you can experience really beautiful moments when people do meditations with you or you know guide you through it but I think overall to get the full benefits you have to create your own practice um, because then you really are learning it's like you know it's like learning how to ride a bike and you know once you are on your own path and you're getting there your muscles are working and it just gets easier and easier whereas when you have someone always helping you I think it does help to really get you into that state of mind but but yeah, I mean, anyways, that's just for me, actually, because I'm sure there are people who actually listen to guided meditations and it's really, really helped them. Um, so so actually, I do think it depends on the person. But from my personal experience, um, doing the personal practice has been has been the main the main thing. Yeah. Michal? 
if anyone wants to try some apps, uh, I have tried. Uh, what was the what was that uh, yellow one called? Orange one called? Uh, Headspace. Um, Headspace. Yeah, I've tried Headspace. Yeah, I've tried Headspace before. It's fine. It's quite short. I think only the free version gets you one course and it contains, I think, 10 or so lessons. That's that's good. I did that. I went through the course twice or three times. I've used Calm as well. Calm is fine. Uh, but the one that I'm using right now is called Waking Up. It's actually by Sam Harris, since you've mentioned him already before. Uh, it's his own it's his own app and what's cool about it is that you can ask for a free account you can just message the, yeah. the, uh, you can just email send an email to his support um, uh, support email and they will they will grant you a free account oh, wow. like no questions asked and yeah. you get you get access to everything that's in the app Whoa. which is extremely nice Mm. Then that can you send the details, please? <laughs> yep. Um yeah, one thing that I was gonna ask me because you've obviously like dedicated um quite a bit to the meditation. You've you've we spoke about it on the phone as well and how you want to do something with it, mm-hmm. you know, um later on in life. So so I was just wondering like how that what is like your personal connection or relationship with meditation? Why is that so? Why is it so meaningful to you? Well, it's it's like Ananya said. I've obviously changed so much since I began because I was fourteen when I began. So so much has changed, but um, I really feel like it's it's something that has stuck with me and helped me to create discipline whilst also allowing myself to care for myself because a lot of the time we think of discipline as something that can be quite you know create quite a lot of friction but actually every time I sat down to meditate I was going I deserve to be peaceful and restful and I deserve to look after myself and just the benefits that I've had from it makes me really think that I want this to be accessible for everyone and I think that a lot of people are quite against it because or you know averse to it because um of what they think it means and it can be quite esoteric or I'm, it's just not me and I'm, I'm not here to push it on anyone but for anyone who'd like to listen it's just I want to share just how much it can help and I want to help people to find something that really benefits them so that they can kind of take that into that the power is their own hands and um and I do just believe it leads to so much insight and um self-awareness that you know we would all benefit so much from it and um yeah it's just something that I think has helped me so much which makes me feel so passionate to share and it's the main thing yeah definitely oh it's really nice thank you I've sent the link I've sent the link in the chat Uh, everything should be there oh yeah oh thank you Thank you. And and you said that you do live classes or what is it? Do you host any events or what is it that you do? So um, at the moment, I've just been doing um, live sessions. I'm trying to do them every Wednesday. Um, I won't be doing one this Wednesday, but in general, every Wednesday I do a live session on I've been doing on Facebook and Instagram. I might move to YouTube and Instagram because the Facebook's been a bit weird and um and creating audios um so where i record myself and put them on facebook on on facebook on spotify and i plan on putting them on youtube and then in the summer i'm going to start doing a course for children so children from three to like 19 and there'll be two groups that i'll be doing and basically it's going to be an eight-week course to introduce children to meditation and help them to create their own practice and I don't know where else it's going to take me right now I'm still at uni and I've got to juggle different stuff so I know that I'm only like at the very beginning and there are many projects I want to delve into and in the summer I think I'll be able to kind of do more with my time in that way because at the moment this is just kind of something I'm doing um as a hobby 
but um but yeah so right now it's just the live videos and I'm making other videos as well about just generally advice and I've only made a few of those so far but I want to create them some more you know just generally giving different bits of knowledge I've got maybe showing my like qigong morning routine or something <laughs> but um yeah right now it's pretty much just the live videos um which involve meditating also talking about like the energetic themes and I have a card reading I usually do or like I'll recite a little bit of poetry or some writing that I've done and yeah it's just a kind of virtual space to come together connect and do some meditation and hopefully leave feeling a more relaxed and more kind of connected but do you feel like it's also just like you've you've got more control of your life like do you feel like because I mean what you're 20 right 21 21 because like a lot of people in their early 20s like are struggling you know or they're struggling to maintain discipline they're struggling to achieve the things that they want in life and I know for myself when I was that age I just really couldn't get my shit together like it was very difficult to just get into good routines and things you know Mm -hmm. um so I'm just wondering like whether you find that a lot easier you if you have a goal if you have something you want to do you can just do it without a lot of struggle getting there (laughs) yeah 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 I definitely think that that's that's helped but also I've always been very strong-willed from a young age like I was such a disciplined child it was kind of crazy because my parents didn't give me any rules whatsoever me and my sister would like eat super noodles for breakfast like we could do anything we wanted to do um and I maybe you know they say that actually when children have less boundaries they create them themselves but then my sister wasn't like that or she was like a tornado so I mean I I think it's part part to do with my my nature is I've always been very you know uh good at doing stuff but I think that just generally with the meditation is it's helped me to accept the parts of myself that I haven't enjoyed and I think a lot of our struggles it isn't about how to do things it's about how to accept what we what we're going through internally and like even though I've always been the strong-willed determined person that's also led to so many moments of me just feeling like I can't sit still with myself and that's been really horrible just being like why can't I stop why can't I slow down and it's great I have this drive but I feel like I'm being eaten by the drive so actually what's more important for me has been so much inner conflict has been released and I've been able to accept myself which is more important than you know being able to be disciplined because that will come with like I just think I think at the end of the day discipline is quite a difficult word because I always associated it with kind of not very good things but now I'm realizing that actually like the first thing is accepting what we can and can't do and that will lead to us doing what we need to do the way we do do it I agree actually I think like for myself like I think it takes a lot of I, I became disciplined when I just understood myself better when you take the time to really know what you want in life and that requires a lot of insight and getting to a point where you accept the things you can't control and just focus on what you can control and and it's just about filtering through all the bollocks that's going on in your head (laughs) exactly focus but yeah, so I just I do think it's like a very useful tool when you're like quite young as well because you've got to figure out so much. Yeah. It's super confusing. Yeah. And that's why I'm so excited to do with children because we don't get those those tools as children. And you know, children, you know, when you get into an anxious, scared or sad state, you don't really know how to how to calm yourself down. And it's important to be able to self-soothe. Um, and to not lash out other people and um, I mean yeah I would have loved to have meditation as a child and the thing is my dad you were saying when you were a child you found it easy to visualize so that was my issue like I was my dad would tell me stories and I would be like he would tell me stories to get me to sleep and I would be like I'm in this amazing place how am I meant to sleep now you know you've like woken up all this stuff in my head so um, yeah 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 it's definitely important to help children to to relax yeah yeah it's true that should be really exciting though working with children I'm looking for I love children I'm looking forward to the summer that's amazing does do Tania or Alexia have any questions you guys are quiet today 
<laughs> Actually, before I, I got here, I was about to go to sleep. <laughs> like you texted me and I was in bed and I was like, oh, I have to wake up now. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Yeah, I'm just kind of feeling chaos and I'm being, I don't know, silent now. <laughs> but I, I heard everything you said and thank you for the presentation. It was really nice. Oh, thank you. And uh, I'm really happy you, you got this chance to work uh, with children and do what you love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I haven't started yet, but I, I mean, I'm, I'm really looking forward to starting. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Um, it's it's quarter past nine. Do you what 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 do you want to do, Mika? Would you like to go a little bit further, or or what do you think? I think I think it's all good. Yeah, I think it's I think that's end, ending on quite a good note. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Usually, it, well, yeah. I think sometimes it can be a bit more talkative. Um, mm. but um. I, th I've, I thought it was really interesting and it's really inspired me to get back into it uh, personally um, because yeah uh, self-care self-care is is so amazing and it's so important and like I have little routines that I just do for myself where I just get into this meditative state but I'm not actively meditating but it's just like the stuff that I do that I'm just like this is the best times in the day you know when you do things for yourself exactly. as selfish as it sounds <laughs> no 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 it's not selfish at all I think that's something that we need to get rid of that self-care is selfish because if we're not there for ourselves we really cannot be there for anyone else so true it's 100% true yes Michal there are two things there's this light that's like splashing all over Tanya's face and her body looks yeah yeah that that, that. it looks so it looks so good. Hey, I have one too. Oh, cute. <laughs> when you said when you said like staring into the candle, I was like, damn, I felt chaos today and I just had to put on a candle. Oh, you guys have candle and love it. I'm missing out on the candle party. Oh no, my laptop, my laptop is gonna die. I should have brought the charger up here. Yeah. Oh, so glad. Everyone's in a peaceful mood with their candles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you've definitely but I think everyone feels a lot more relaxed. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's all, that's also, Micah, uh, also yeah. Mika, if you want, uh, I used to do I used to do for um I mean for a job, I used to do freelance YouTube. Uh, yeah. stuff I had I have experience with that uh, cool. two years experience with YouTube so if you need any help with that just oh, feel free to hit me up yes oh that'd be amazing thank you so so much oh that'd be lovely yeah definitely maybe we can get your details through Jackie somehow and we can like have a call or something for sure for sure yeah Oh, yes, yes. And and send me all the stuff with your YouTube as well, because I really want to see it. I think you have actually sent it to me, to be fair. I'll um, yeah. double check. But um, I will definitely watch your videos. Subscribe. <laughs> yes, and I will, I'll get you a resource list of all the stuff, all the information I've used and everything. Yeah. Yes, yes. And I think also, like, the, the fact that it has all these health benefits, you know, yeah that's one thing that I think is really nice because it's like hmm they always just tell you to exercise but actually mm. meditating while you're exercising right and maybe it's the meditation that is better for you than the exercise <laughs> yeah I mean I do think that a lot of the time you know it's the way we it's not what we do it's the way we do them do the things so you know it's not like always I always think the same with eating it's not what we eat it's sometimes how we eat and um when we eat and um so yeah 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 it's it's just it's so much is happening and it's all really exciting yeah oh, well thank you so much for coming tonight oh, um, I enjoyed it so much yes I'm glad um I think the recording will be sent to you but I'll I'll definitely double check and make sure that you've got it okay. um and yeah does anyone have any last comments or questions for Mika? 
No. Okay. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. No worries. So glad to have come. Thank you for yeah for having me. Of course. Um, have a lovely evening and enjoy your Easter weekend, yeah. everyone. And I hope you feel better soon, Tanya. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> yeah, I'll meditate. <laughs> <laughs> Have a nice evening. Have bye a nice bye. evening, guys. So nice to meet you all. Bye. Thank you so much. Bye. 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 Thank you. Bye. I hope you enjoy my presentation, guys. And if you'd like to listen to some meditations, please have a look at the episodes that I've got out already. And stay tuned for some different content that I plan on creating as well as the meditation audios and if you're interested in hearing more about meditation and my own practice as well as general advice on lifestyle head over to my youtube channel meditation with Mika send you loads of love